tonight. Would turn with me to the book of Hebrews, familiar, familiar chapter, chapter eleven of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter eleven, the hall of faith, talking about these great patriarchs of old that through faith and by faith was able to obtain so many great things in God. Amen. And I want to read just a short few verses of scripture here the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. I want to say that this next weekend we will have Brother Robbie Mitchell from, well, I don't know where he's from. He's going to be from Denver, Colorado. Um, but uh, anyway, just uh, just had, had been pastoring in North Carolina, but now is headed to the great state of Colorado to start a church. And so uh, we, he's going to be with us this weekend. You'll enjoy his ministry, so let's all be back here. Invite somebody with you, and then, of course, Wednesday night. Uh, amen. We 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 don't just believe in weekend church. We believe in Wednesday night church around here. Praise God. Somebody told me that's when the real church shows up. So if you're part of the church, you need to be here on Wednesday night. Praise God. Hear from the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, everybody say tried, another word for that would be tested, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. It's almost like he's trying to underscore the fact that in faith Abraham went ahead and was obedient to God, of whom? It was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In other words, all of his hopes, all of his future dreams, ambitions, everything was wrapped up in this child Isaac or this son Isaac. And God said, I want you, I'm going to test you, and I want you to pass this test. I want you to take this son to Mount Moriah and offer him. And the Bible tells us that in faith, faith, praise God, he was able to go ahead and be obedient to God. Sometimes you don't understand, but you still do it in faith. Oh, you, you didn't get that. Sometimes you don't comprehend, but you do it in faith anyway. Sometimes you don't know why God's asking me to do this. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It isn't what I expected. I, I expected this or that, or I wanted this feeling to go along with it, or this confirmation, or this even guarantee from God that everything was going to be all right. But watch what kind of faith Abraham had in his God and the promises that he had already given to him, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up. If he allows me to go through with this, and we know that God did not, but if he allows me to go through with this and slay my own son, my only son that God recognizes, my promised child, then God can resurrect that promise. He can restore that promise. Because I, got, I know one thing about my God. He's not a liar. And if he ever made me a promise, he's going to come through with the promise. Hallelujah. Even from the dead, doesn't matter how dead it seems, how dead it is. From whence also he received him in a figure. 
faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come I want you to look at verse 17 by faith Abraham when he was tried or tested offered up Isaac I want to preach tonight from this subject faith's final exam faith's final exam let's just pray that God would help us here tonight pray for his touch his anointing we want his blessing upon the remainder of this service would you stretch your hands towards the heavens would you pray fervently right now that God would really help us and touch us in this place God we understand that without you we can do nothing you're the vine with the branches God it's only through being connected to you and your anointing and your touch and your blessing and favor upon our lives and anything of any consequence would be done here tonight and I'm praying God that you would take control you would take authority in this service I cast out all doubt all evil imagination everything that would raise itself up against the throne of God I pray against it pray God that there would be freedom in this place and anointing to preach your word we thank you for it in Jesus name everybody say Jesus name oh say it like you mean it like your Jesus name folks it's been baptized in the name of Jesus Jesus name Oh, let's give praise to that name. Amen. Amen. It's good to see all of our guests here. It's good to see Bruce and Stevie with us tonight, our friends. God bless you for standing. You may be seated. This was the last major test. It doesn't mean that there was not challenges. It doesn't mean that there wasn't further trials and situations that Abraham had to walk by faith through, but this is the last major test, this reference in Hebrews to him offering Isaac as a sacrifice that he would have to pass before he entered into the things that God had promised that he would bless him with. I believe in many ways we like Abraham, we are like him in this text, we are standing at a crossroads because that's exactly what it was. There was a choice that had to be made. Abraham had experienced many such crossroads in his life. Perhaps he even thought to himself, when will I ever reach the final test? When will I ever get to the place that, that God quits trying to prove me acceptable and, and approved to, to receive His promises? You know what I'm referring to, a time when God is asking more of us, a time when God is requiring sacrifice and greater dedication and commitment and loyalty to Him. Abraham, it seems, was continually and constantly at this crossroads. In the beginning of his journey, God called him to leave the land of familiarity, the land of Ur, of the Chaldeans, and and this was the place where he was raised. This is where he was most connected to. He was most familiar and comfortable with. And God said, walk away from it all. And he followed him in faith. And the Bible says that Abraham immediately went out, not knowing where this walk of faith would lead him. He was not certain where it would end up. He, he did not know the destination necessarily. He just knew that he needed to be obedient to God. And he had been at this crossroads when his father had died. And God said, you bury him here, 
but we're not going to memorialize the situation. We're not going to stay here. We're not even going to stay long to grieve in this place. But I want you to move on and progress towards my promises and my blessings that I have guaranteed to you. He was there again when his nephew Lot, there was consternation between uh, his herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen. And so he separated himself from Lot. It was a major test because he could have fought for his right. After all, he was the elder. He was the uncle. He was the father of the faithful. He was the one that was uh, the man that God had promised so many things to. And he was the one that God had called a friend. He obviously had a connection with God that Lot did not have. But to keep peace in the family, he released Lot to make his own choice. He said, you go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you take this land, I'll take what's left. But uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make the choice because I believe that God is faithful and God is going to see me through. He was at a significant crossroads and period of testing in his life when his wife, Sarah, said, I want you to put the bondwoman, Hagar, out along with her son. The bondwoman and her child has to go. And you understand that there was attachments, no doubt. There were feelings involved. This was his flesh and blood, Ishmael. He watched her and that son walk away into the desert, and no doubt his emotions were shattered. His heart was heavy. It felt like it was being ripped out of his chest. Yet with all of these tests and with all of these trials, he was yet to see. He was yet to experience. He was yet to obtain the blessings of God and the promises that God had given to him were not yet fulfilled in his life. He believed it, but yet he had not experienced it. He had not received it. I know that I'm preaching to people that have prayed just as Abraham had prayed and trusted God. I believe that I'm preaching to people that have been faithful, just like Abraham. And I'm certainly not comparing any of us to Abraham, but we find ourselves in this same place. We find ourselves parallel in our lifestyle with this patriarch of old. He had been faithful, and there are saints that I can certainly testify here tonight. You have been faithful to God. He has stood strong throughout all of the testing and the trial and even the attacks of the enemy. But like Abraham, we are yet to see the promises of God fulfilled to the degree that we want to. That does not mean that we have not seen blessing. That does not mean that we've not seen a measure of what we desire. It's, it does not mean that we're not thankful for everything that God has done up until this point. But I believe I would be safe to say that every one of us in this building, there's something more that we desire God to do in our lives. Yeah, there, there's something more that we desire, hope there is, that we want Him to do in this church. There's something more that we desire Him to do in our family. There's something more that we desire Him to do as far as revival is concerned 
in our city. I, I hope you're not satisfied with just what we've got here. I hope that you're not totally complacent with everything that God has done up until this point. And I'm not at all minimizing anything that God has done or taking away from the great blessings that God has given us up until this juncture in our experience with God. But I do believe that there is more. There's more available. There's more that God wants to do. That we're not going to bankrupt heaven of its blessings because we continue to hunger for more. We're not ever going to reach the point where God's going to say, you know what? I've done all I can do. I've given all the miracles. I've answered all the prayers. I've saved all the souls. Oh no. I believe that there's a God that is able to do it seating and abundantly above all the scripture says that I ask. Oh, come on. You need to get your asking. Once again, let's ask God for big things. Come on, you need to get your mind around how big God is. He's bigger than you think he is. I said he really is bigger than you think he is. You may think him to be great, but he's even greater than that. You may think him to be a healer, but he's even greater than that. You may think him to be a miracle worker, but he's even greater than that. You may think him to be a blesser, but he is greater than that. Somebody ought to clap their hands and lift up their voice. And shout a praise unto God. I believe. Come on. Why don't you look that doubt in the eye and say, no, I believe. Why don't you look, amen, the devil in the eye and say, no, I believe. Why don't you, why don't you look that challenge that has come against you of late in the eye and say, no, I choose to believe. The Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God, but he believed. He pursued them by faith. where it said that he staggered not the promises of God and yet we read about his little deal with Agar and we read about all these other little situations that come along and you say well it looked like he was staggering there to me it looked like he was having trouble believing God matter of fact it looked like he tried to do some of that through the flesh he tried to manipulate God he said well maybe God needs some help amen but you know what that shows us that even though he was a human and he was prone to failures and mistakes and even this great patriarch, uh, the Bible doesn't whitewash it. It's, it's there. It doesn't blot it out. It doesn't do anything to eradicate it. It doesn't act like it doesn't exist. It shows us vividly and even to perhaps the embarrassment of Abraham. It shows all of his inconsistencies and blind spots, yet it says that he's the father of the faithful and that he staggered not the promises of God. How is that? I'll tell you how it is. It's because it's not necessarily how you respond in the beginning that really matters. It's how you end up things. Amen. You may stumble. You may make some mistakes. But God, he doesn't emphasize every little mistake we make. He emphasizes how we respond and if we're willing to get back up again. And it seems like to me, though he may have stumbled, though he may have tried to do certain things through the flesh, though he may have made some mistakes along the way, yeah, he was human flesh. Abraham was able to pull himself back up by faith and say, I'm going to believe God just one more time. I'm going to walk with him another mile. I'm going to trust him again. I'm not going to lay down and die 
lying down. I'm going to live by faith. Oh, come on. You ought to praise the Lord and worship. Amen, amen, amen. And so all of these things coming out of there of the Chaldees, coming to the point that uh, he, he believed God enough to separate himself from Lot. He believed God enough to pass the test of sending Hagar and, and his son Ishmael out into the desert believing that God was going to take care of him because God did promise him he was going to make Ishmael a great nation. And uh, if you don't believe that, that's the struggle that we're going through right now. Amen. He, he, he did even follow through with that promise, even to our consternation. But anyway, Abraham would reach this, if I could say it this way, this final exam, this last test. God has said to him, if, if you do this, if you respond properly, if you pass this test, if you make it through this trial, amen, I swear I will bless you. I promise I will multiply you. I'll cause you to possess the gates of your enemy. I told you to leave the air of the Chaldees and you left. I told you to separate yourself from Lot and you did. Now this is the test of all tests. You, if you keep your heart right, if you, if you choose to honor me, if you stay faithful, if you pass the test, I promise, I promise that I am going to bless you. I've heard people say when when, when even people telling this story, maybe even preaching or teaching about this story, I've heard them say, well, when God asked him to do this, that uh, the next morning he, he drug around, he moped around, and uh, he was depressed and feeling sorry for himself, said, I can't believe God is asking me to do this, but that is not bore out in the Bible. The Bible says the next morning that he arose early the next morning. Woo! Amen. When he saw the sun coming up and peeking through those tent flaps, his little toes started wiggling underneath the covers. He said with anticipation, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is my time. This is my moment. This is my day. Something great is getting ready to happen. Let me just stop and say to somebody, if you're really going through it, if you're experiencing a trial, if there's a test in your life, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason for it. God's not like the radio station. This is a test, only a test. I'm just playing games with you. Oh, no. But if there's a test in your life, there is a purpose for that test. And you just need to know tonight that right on the other side, Right on the other side of the test and the trial, if you make it through, there is victory like you've never experienced. There's fresh anointing. There's blessing. There's prayers answered. Come on, if you knew what God was getting ready to do for you, you wouldn't drag around here tonight. You'd worship God. You'd praise the Lord. You'd give a shout of praise. Amen. You, you'd run these aisles. You'd leap for joy. If you knew what God was getting ready to do. 
no, no, no. Abraham wasn't feeling sorry for himself. I beg to differ with you. Amen. He had been through enough tests to know that after every test, there's a reason for this. There's a purpose for this. I may not see it. I may not understand it. I may not know why. But if I pass this test, I've got a sworn blessing from God. God's going to take care of me. God is going to give me a city whose builder and maker is God. God's going to see me through. God's going to supply for me. after every one of these significant trials in his life he comes back and promises him again he comes back and reminds him again of what he's going to do for him he said you left her the Chaldees just like I told you to he said I, I separated from Lot just like you told me to God I sent Agar and, and Ishmael away just like you told me to and here I go told his servants get Get all the implements together. Get the wood. Oh, get, get everything we need to, to, to go worship God. Get the pack mules ready. We're going up Mount Moriah. I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to make it through this trial. Because I may not understand it, but somewhere on that mountain, God's going to give me victory. Somewhere around that altar, God's going to come through for me. If he lets me slay my promise, he'll restore. He'll resurrect it. He'll bring it to life again. He's not going to let it die. Amen. Come on, I don't think he was just dragging around. I don't think he was moping and feeling sorry for himself and crawling all over his servants and giving Sarah a hard time. No. I believe he knew what God was getting ready to do. This didn't know how. But he knew something great was in store for him, awaited him if he could just pass the test. Amen. It should be a joy in our lives to be able to serve God. It should be a joy to, to worship God. It's not a drudgery. It's not a sorrowful thing to be a Christian. I've seen people go around dragging their bottom lips, all the things they got to do to live for God, all the things we got to give up, and all the things I don't get to do, and all this and all of that. And when you're going through something, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you just because you have to go through a trial, just because there's a test. James wrote, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know what it means when you're walking through some it means God's working on you and he wants to bring you to a higher dimension he wants to make something greater out of you he wants to bring you to a greater anointing he wants to bless you he wants you to be highly favored of him God said take your son your only son and offer him as a sacrifice one of the reasons I believe God tested Abraham in this way was to prove that you love the giver more than the gift. Woo. I'm not so sure that's the case all the time nowadays. Amen. We got a lot of folks that love him for the loaves and the fishes. They love him for all the things he can do for them. But the moment their well dries up, uh, they don't want to dig a new well. They don't want to try or strive or do it. As long as it's easy, I'll live for God. As long as there's no challenge, I'm in. 
as long as he's giving me blessings, as long as I can feel Holy Ghost doodads on Sunday night, as long as I can shout and feel like shouting and feel rejoicing and feel good about things, then I'm willing to worship God. I'm willing to live for God. Many people serve God for the gifts. They serve God for the benefits. They serve God for the blessings. And I'm thankful that there are benefits. Daily he loadeth us with benefits. I'm thankful for all those things. Thank for all the good blessings that he gives. I'm thankful for the gifts. Amen. The Bible said he took captivity captive and gave gifts to men. I'm thankful that he's a giver. Amen. He's not a selfish God. But there was more than just that that was happening here. God was proven more in Abraham's character than that he just loved the giver more than the gifts. But... But in that day, the pagans, the Canaanites, God had showed his disdain for them, sacrificing their children. They would bring their firstborn, and they would offer him on the altar to their idol gods as a sacrifice. And God was looking down at those pagan people who was worshiping false heathen gods that could not be felt, that could not be heard, that could not be touched, that could not heal them, that could not deliver them, that had never worked one miracle in their life. Yet they're so fanatical that they're still offering their firstborn children unto that idol God. And God's looking at that and he's looking He's looking at that, and he's looking at his people. He's looking at them, and he's looking at his people. He's looking at these fanatical worshipers, and he's looking at his people. He's looking at these people that are passionate and sold out, and then he's looking at his people. And he said, Abraham, i got one more test for you, son. He said, when I see the passion of those pagans as they worship things that neither deliver them or save them, he said, I, I just got to know. I just got to know. The Bible, the Bible tells us in the last days that the, because iniquity abounds, the love of many is going to wax cold. That's what it says. Amen. We are afflicted in the end times with the cancer of cold-heartedness. That's, that's what we're afflicted with in the end times. Sin is so widespread that people's hearts have began to wax cold when church members that have been saved from the filth and the wretchedness of sin have to be begged to worship God. It's getting cold, folks. Come on, when, when there's saints of God that have been healed of all manner of disease and sickness and they can come to church and clip their nails and sit idly on a pew and just sit there and scoff and mock of what's going on, I tell you, it's getting cold. When there's people that has been set free from addiction and they come to church and they won't worship God, it's getting cold, friend. You can't tell me you love God, amen, as much as the world loves their God. When you just come to church and look around, you just come to church like it's a fashion show. You just come to church, and the only time you can get it excited is when the benediction comes. I'm telling you, there needs to be something in your heart when you come to this house that said, I'm not going to let the world show me up. 
I love my God more than I ever served the enemy or ever was excited about the things of this old world. Because you don't have to beg a drunk, an alcoholic, to drink. You, you don't have to you don't have to beg a drug addict to get high. You don't have to beg a sports fan. Thousands, tens of thousands of strong. I don't have you know they're having church today just like we are. And it's in and it's their cathedrals are all over. Big old arenas that that uh, this wouldn't even this wouldn't even make a spot in the bleachers. Amen. And you think they're sitting there with a passive look on their face when they go to cheer their team on? Uh, you think they just sit and observe what's happening? Oh, no. They're not concerned about fitting in. They're not preoccupied with what somebody might say about them. In fact, uh, yeah, man, they've made up their mind. I'm going to do whatever it takes to inspire my team. Yeah, man, it could be that I could inspire them to win and to bring victory and, and carry the trophy home. It could be that I could inspire them to greatness by my cheering. I wonder if we realize what God would do here tonight. How we would worship Him. How we would praise Him. How would we respond to Him. They're giving everything they got. Screaming until the voice is gone. Veins popping out on the side of their neck. Paint their face and look like fools. Yeah. Got all kind of weird ways that they tattoo their bodies to prove their loyalty to their team. Crazy. Insane stuff. Over the top. Yeah, man, but they're in love with their team. Praise God. It's a God that hasn't done anything for him but run a pigskin down a hundred yard field. Him and make a touchdown. It's a God that never did anything but take a basketball and put it through a hoop. It's a God that never did anything but take a puck and march it through. Amen. A gold. It's a God that never did anything but but take a bat and ply it to a ball and knock it over a fence. But I'm talking about the one that went to Calvary. I'm talking about the one that shed his blood for you. I'm preaching about the one tonight that delivered you. I'm talking about the one that set you free. I'm talking about the one that fills you with the Holy Ghost and you just want to sit there? Matter of fact, if you want to be talked about in church, you just just do like that little lady that broke that alabaster box of that expensive ointment and let it all flow out. And they started murmuring about her and complaining about her and said, ain't that a little fanatical? Isn't that a little over the top? 
Didn't she go a little bit too far? No, no, no. If you're looking at me and measuring my commitment to the world, I'm going to give you all I got, God. I'm going to do everything that I can possibly do. The alcoholic will go without furniture for another drink. The alcoholic will let their children go without shoes for another drink. Their wife begging them not to take another drink and they'll still do it. He'll sacrifice his health. Amen. He'll sacrifice his last dollar. He'll sacrifice his career, his job. Amen. For his God. I can't help it, but I just feel like in this place tonight, God deserves a little of our praise in this house. What kind of service could we have? What kind of revival could Texarkana have if we had just get as passionate about our God as the world is theirs? I'm a firm believer that sinners should never enjoy sin more than saints enjoy salvation. I'm just a firm believer in that. Amen. I just don't think they ought to enjoy their lifestyle and the way they're living and the things they're doing more than we enjoy coming to church. There's something wrong with that, folks. When the prodigal son came back home from the far country, the Bible said he come back with nothing. He said, I'm going to give it everything i got if I'm going. i got, I got my inheritance. I'm going I'm to give everything I've got to this. He wasted his entire substance on riotous living. He gave it all to sin. And he came back with zero. Nothing. Didn't have anything. Gave it all. Everything to sin. When he came back, the scripture says there was an elder brother standing there with his arms crossed. He said, What's all the hubbub about? What's all the celebration about? Why are they killing fatted calves? Why are they having such a party? I ain't never done what he's done. I ain't done, I ain't wasted my substance on him. I ain't done all he's done. And you see, he was too busy pointing his finger at what he had not done in his life that he didn't realize that he could have had a party every day. He was so concentrated on the world and what that boy had done and how he had thrown his life away to sin that he, that he never saw that in the Father's house, if I wanted to slay a fatted calf every day, I could have slayed one. If I wanted to have a party and a celebration every evening, I could have had one. You get so focused on what you can't do and what you haven't done that you forget all the things you can do when you come to the house of God. You get to have joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Hey, there's peace in this house that passeth all understanding. Come on, you talk about completeness. We are complete in Him. You'll never find any of those things in this world. But I found it. I found it. When I came to church, it's time to realize what we got right here is greater than anything the world God looks at the world's passion for their parties. Everybody, everybody's getting involved. 
these parties, everybody's drinking. Matter of fact, they got to talk somebody into being the designated driver. Everybody's drugging. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's cheering at these ball stadiums. Everybody's clapping. God sees that and he looks at his church. I said, I just wish my people had as much passion, as much desire, as much hunger for me. Nobody at a ball game is sitting there yawning. Nobody at a ball game is sitting there watching their watch, anxious for it to be over with. But they're saying, come on. We got we to gotta win. We got to be victorious. I'm here. I'm a faithful fan. Why can't we come to church, amen, and act like this is the greatest celebration that's going on? If they could do that, how can we come and say it's no big deal like he didn't die for us, like he never saved us, like he never blessed us, like he never shed his blood for us? Come on, I'm not going to love my God less than the world loves theirs. This world, on Friday afternoon, they're not saying, oh, it's, it's Friday night. Friday night. Hang on just a second, brother. It's Friday night. And uh, I guess I have to go or they're going to talk about me. I guess I better show up. I've been invited. No. No. But on Friday afternoon, looking at their watch, it's 3 o'clock. Two more hours at the salt mine. Two more hours of work. And 5 o'clock, I'm getting ready to kick up my heels. We're, we're going to party. We're going to have a good time. Amen. We're going to celebrate. Yet some of us just come dragging in to the house of God like, like we, ought, we ought to really get a trophy and God ought to really feel good that we showed up. Amen. No, you got it all backwards. Come on, you come in here, you act like God ought to sympathize that you just came to church. I just barely got here. No, our attitude should be, come on now, it's Sunday. This is the day that I've been waiting for. This is the day that the Lord had made. I will rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. God said, this is it. Abraham, the last test. If you pass this exam, he said, I promise, I swear to you, I got some blessings for you. I'll bless you, and you'll possess the gates of your enemy. Amen. And I could see, oh, Abraham, as he turns around those servants with that promise burning in his heart. And said, I don't know how far we're going to have to go with this. But I and the lad, you stay here. But I and the lad are going yonder to worship. You see, worship, real worship, always takes you further. Further than maybe you want to go in your flesh. Maybe further than you've ever gone before. Maybe further than what has already been done. 
he said, I, 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 I don't expect you to go there, but me and the boy, we're going. And they got up there, and you know the story. He said, I see all the things that are prepared here. He said, I see implements for fire. I see the wood. I see the altar that's been constructed, Dad. But he said, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's still holding on to faith. He said, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. He was speaking prophetically. He was looking down through the ages, and he didn't even realize it. He was saying, there's coming a day that God is going to robe himself in flesh, and he's going to be the ultimate, the supreme sacrifice. God will provide for himself a sacrifice. And Abraham said, I'm going to go through with it. I'm going to do it in obedience to God, knowing that God can restore and raise him up. He's not going to let my promise die. And he comes with that night to plunge it down. And the angel grabs him by the wrist. And he hears a voice from heaven. And God said, now, now, now I know. I know you love me as much as the world loves their God. Now I know you're not just putting on. Now I know how committed you are. I want to ask you tonight, does God know how much you love Him? Does God know how committed and consecrated you are to Him? Does God really know that there's nothing that you're holding back from Him tonight? Now I know. When you get over there in the New Testament, Jesus said, He said, you know the first commandment. Amen. He said, yes, to worship the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy spirit. In other words, there shouldn't be any of you any part of you come on you can't just be here physically going through the motions and your mind be somewhere else come on you're not doing yourself or God any good Amen. You can't be just here going through the motions and your heart connected to something out there in the world. Come on now. Everything, everything, heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, everything has to be totally given to God. I just wonder if there's anybody that wants to let God know tonight. I just wonder if there's anybody that will forget protocol for just a minute and say, God, I just want you to know. I just want you to know I love you. I just want you to know I'm thankful that you saved me. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for delivering power. Why don't you let God know right now? Every part, every part, every dimension, holding nothing back, giving all to God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost that if you can pass this test, if you can come through worshiping God and saying, God, I'm going to stay faithful with my praise, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to worship you. 
there's coming a miracle in your life. There's coming deliverance in your life. You may have said, man, I've been over so many trials and tests, and I've come through so many things, and I'm still praying about it. I'm still trusting God for it. I'm still asking God to work in this, and I I still want him to do that for me, and I I haven't seen it. It hadn't happened for me, Brother Calhoun, but there came a point where he said, this is it. This is it. How are you going to respond to this trial? What's going to be your response uh, to this situation? Are you just going to lose heart now? Are you going to give up at this point? Uh, Are you going to quit so close to it? Just over this horizon, just past this place of testing, there's going to be a great blessing. I swear I'll bless you. He said, I'll cause you to possess the gates of your enemy. So I just wonder. Come on, you got to do some things in faith, Abraham. You can't do it just because somebody's inspiring you to do it. You can't do it just because somebody asked you to do it. But you got to do it under God. I just wonder, do you love God enough to do it? Do you love God enough to praise Him? Do you love God enough to worship Him? Why don't you right now, right where you're standing in faith, begin to lose yourself in worship to God and say, God, I don't necessarily understand the trial that I'm in, but I know, I know you promised me I know God you told me God I realize that it's just ahead for me come on I feel like there's something we need to break through right here right here Come on, you're going to have to have faith to step over into this. You're going to have to have faith to trust God that that I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to believe. I'm going yonder to worship. I'm going to do something that I've never done before. I'm going to build an altar that I've never built before. I'm going to commit something that I've never committed before. Come on, you can't hold back. You've got to give it all to Him right now. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Let's lift our hands to Him and praise Him together. Praise the name of the Lord. Worship Him. Come on, let's sing. Praise God. Well, when I think about Jesus, what He's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how He set me free. I can dance, 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 dance all night, all night. Why don't you come oh, when I think about right Jesus, what He's worship done for with me. Him. When I think about Jesus, what He's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how He set me free. I'm trusting God. I put my faith in Him. What he's done for me. 